The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Oh man, I'm gonna have to turn you up. You're gonna have to turn me up. Or on. Up or on. I didn't mean to turn you on. <laughs> Do you remember that song from the 80s? Which one? The the uh Sing it again? Sing it That's again. That's what it went. I, was like, I didn't mean to turn you on. Oh, I, dang, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up now. <laughs> and this is why our episodes are two and a half hours long. <laughs> oh, Robert Palmer. Okay, oh, yeah, really? I was thinking that was Robert Palmer. Oh. Huh. 1985. Ah, uh, 1985. Yeah, I think this is before he did his... Uh, Videos with the chicks all dressed in black with like the uh, red lipstick and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the the uh, addicted to love, simply resistible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong though. Anyway, um, so with this podcast I'm doing, I'm going through all the Pearl Jam songs, just like on the albums and stuff like that. And there are live songs, or there's like covers Mm -hmm. and like demos and stuff that have never come out. And I was thinking, it's like, should I make a Patreon that's just that extra stuff. Hmm. And so it's other songs that aren't like on the albums and stuff like that. So improvs and demos and live covers and everything like that. Right. Like the, like a rarities and B sides type thing. Yeah. Well, even more rare and B sides stuff like that. Cause I'm still covering like all the B sides and everything like that. I'm doing lost dogs. I'm doing the fan club singles. So you're talking like Pearl James would be stuff that isn't like, released released you're or... talking like pearl jams the pearl jam dungeon yeah <laughs> deeper than deep right yeah baby under the dungeon <laughs> there you go there's your title <laughs> the um, taint <laughs> undercarriage <laughs> welcome to pearl jams taint <laughs> it taint an album song and it taint the b-side <laughs> wow Welcome to Season 5, Episode 16 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Polomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking about the song Wishlist just in time for Christmas. Wow, look at that. It's almost like I had this all planned and scheduled out just for this. I didn't really, but I'm going to use that and say that I'm such a genius. (laughs) But uh, my guest today to talk to me about this is good old buddy Harry Geyer. How's it going, Harry? Ooh, hey, what's Did up? How's it going? Yourself? Yeah, no, I oh, said okay. like I, uh, it was it was a really bad, bad job of of cheering for myself. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about this song that is uh, Eddie Vedder wrote, and the first time they played it was at the Catalyst gig in Santa Cruz, where they played under the name Honking Seals and debuted a bunch. Well, not a bunch, but a couple of. Uh, of yield songs before they went and opened up for the Rolling Stones. Right. And so we saw 
This song played for the second time ever live on November 14th, 97. And the f- and that Rolling Stones I was going to say, and the first time live under the moniker Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you want to say, oh, hey, well, let's, let's take that. Yeah, we saw the, <laughs> the first time Pearl Jam played right? this song live, not the Honking Seals. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, that show was awesome. And the story about buying the tickets was almost as awesome. Because that was, we were in line at Scalari's at the uh, yep. Ticketmaster for that, right? Third in line. I think so. We were pretty close up front. And, uh, yeah, we were really close up front. And I think we got there super early, like five or six in the morning. Yeah. I, I remember it being freezing cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they did that, that, that lady came out. Uh, like what 15 minutes before and was like okay we're doing the lottery system and um so we're gonna draw numbers and then whoever gets number one everybody from the line like concurrently gets in line behind that number one mm-hmm. <laughs> and the second person in line the person right in front of us drew number one yeah <laughs> so the only person that got screwed was the first person in line had yeah. to go around to the back oh that was so messed up but then, shoot, what, by the time we even got in to buy our tickets, they had already sold out, like, the first two shows or something. Yeah, I think they I think they only had two shows that were on sale, and then I think um, as the guy, like, bought them, like, we were next, and then they're like, okay, well, they've just announced two more shows because they're, like, selling out, and, you know, the, of course, the ticket prices are just insane because it's Rolling Stones. We're just like, ah, we'll just take the cheapest price for you know the the first night and we our seats weren't too too bad well we got so i remember them saying that the cheapest seats were the ones that had like an obstructed view oh yeah yeah. (laughs) and we were like oh my god do we pay for obstructed view or do we like just fork over the money like the extra money for it and i'm pretty sure we like forked over the extra money because my parents my parents were like um we're not sitting obstructed view that's stupid Mm -hmm. just get the the other ones and we'll figure that part out because that was with Chris's Mac, and then I'm, and your dad, yeah. Or... Uh, no, I don't think it was Chris Mac. I think it, I because th- the Chris Chris Mac went with us to the Bad Religion, uh, Pearl Jam show in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I don't think he went with us again, but I do remember other people coming because we were in the van, and uh, I remember it being like a road trip, and my mom and dad went. Okay, and then I remember like painting like on the windows or something, being like. Pearl Jam road trip, yeah. something like that. But I don't remember who else came with us. It might have been Brandon Lewis. Kevin? No. I don't remember. Yeah, because this would have been the second time that we saw Pearl Jam after seeing him in uh, Sacramento. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Our, our, so, but they... Uh, I was going to say, our tickets oh, were 65 bucks, and then like $9 fee tacked onto that or whatever. Really? They were only 65 Yeah. Oh, then maybe we didn't pay for the... Maybe there were more than two tiers of tickets because, like, I remember some tickets being, like, 100 bucks yeah. or more. And I know our view wasn't obstructed. Like, we actually had really good seats for um, for that show because it was cool. They uh, uh, Rolling Stones had that big stage that, like, the bridge that built out because it was, it was the Rolling Stones Bridges to Babylon tour. And they had that... Remember that, that big, like, bridge that went out to the middle of the crowd mm-hmm. and they played, like, half their set out there? That was pretty cool. So it was an awesome show, man, to to see two uh, you know legendary bands like that play together. I think I've I, I heard or I've seen somewhere or something that at this point right now, 
that Pearl Jam is in their career, the Rolling Stones were at when they put out Bridges to Babylon. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. So in other words, Pearl Jam is our Rolling Stones. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, let's get down to brass tacks, man. Let's talk about this song, Wishlist. Yes, this is the uh, the second single from Yield. Uh, they released it on May 5th, 1998 with You and Brain of J as the B-sides. Brain of J, of course, was the live track taken from the Triple J concert in March uh, that they put out on the radio in Australia there. Uh, they also busted it out for the 1,000th David Letterman show. Oh, yeah. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, I remember before before we saw this song, I don't think they had the titles for the songs announced or anything. You know, the, the internet was in its infancy. And so, like, people were saying, it's like, oh, there's, you know, I think Given to Fly had come out on the radio by that point. So they knew that there was a song called Given to Fly. They're, they said, it's like, oh, there's a song where he says, like, I wish a lot. Um, and then uh, Do the Evolution was the only other uh, uh, song, I think, that they were playing. Maybe Brain of Jay as well. Right. People knew Brain of Jay because it, they'd been playing it for a while. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, this this song's got got a, got three solos in it. Got everybody doing a solo. Yeah. Very, uh, most for the most part, pretty simple. Simple solos. Mm-hmm. Not, not over the top. But yeah, it does have a couple of different spots where it get where they get to to uh, break down and and uh, play a little bit. Yeah, when they were um, getting ready to do yield, uh, Mike went into the studio with uh, with Chris Friel and Eddie and did a like a ten minute long version of this or something like that. And so like Eddie said, he took like the best wishes and chopped it down to the uh, into the lyrics for this or for the album version at least. Right. So. So did they all uh, collaboratively work on the lyrics for the song? No, no, just Ed. He was just coming up with stuff and and then just whittled it down. Yeah, makes sense. What? Uh, let me ask you this: What is your favorite wish? Oh, that's a good question. Hey, good job there. Mm. Oh, turned it back around me. Um, I think that. Mm, yeah. Oh man. I wish I was the Christmas tree, or the Christmas tree. I wish I was the star that went on top. Look at it. It's just tying all in for this. Right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This Christmas episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, my favorite wish is the, uh, I wish I was the ornament you hung your house key on. The uh, the souvenir you kept your house key on. The souvenir. That's right. The souvenir yeah. you kept your house key on. That's yeah. That's probably my favorite, just because I was a nerd and uh, when I was young, and I collected keychains from like places that we went. It just reminded me of that. So that was probably mine. I know a lot of uh, uh, from the people that I've talked to. A lot of people say they like the line, "The uh, full moon shining off a Camaro's hood." Mm-hmm. And that, of uh, course, is a reference to uh, his ex-wife Beth's Camaro. She had a Camaro, and so he threw that in as a. Uh... As a reference to this, because I guess this is a this is a very sort of lovey-dovey, yearning sort of song. It it feels like something you'd uh, hear at a middle school dance as you're awkwardly trying to rock back and forth and do a slow dance. Yeah, I kind of get that from the song. It's uh, it definitely has like kind of that youthful. I don't want to say lusting, but like youthful kind of hope. You know, that like oh my girl, like my girlfriend, like I'm so in love. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. 
that kind of mushy stuff where like if you wrote letters to your girlfriend when you were in high school, like you go back and read them now and you're like, oh, man, I said that stuff. But why would you have letters that you wrote to your girlfriend? Wouldn't she have that? Well, I'm saying that the stuff that you guys wrote back and forth to each other. Which, incidentally, my dad, when he uh, he came up here for Thanksgiving, brought some stuff from home, and I was digging through it, and, like, with my kids, mm-hmm. and I found some old letters from, like, ex-girlfriends, and uh, <laughs> just <laughs> the stuff in them is super, like, not inappropriate, but just, like, super awkward to read out loud. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was... Uh, it was interesting doing all that stuff. But so like recently I've gone through that where I've read letters that I'd gotten from, from girls in school. And, uh, one of them was from, uh, Amber Shuey. Oh. And one of them was from, uh, there were several from Devin. Mm-hmm. Um, my long-term for for all of you who are listening who don't know who Devin is, she was my <laughs> long-term high school girlfriend. Um and most of those were like her apologizing for stuff, <laughs> which <laughs> you know, which is actually surprising cuz usually I'm the one apologizing for stuff. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was kind of cool to go through some of that stuff. We had a whole bunch of memorabilia to dig through. It was fun. My old Pog set Oh, hell yeah. Did you have Alf Pogs? <laughs> uh, I didn't have El- Alf, but you know what I did have? I had a uncut cardboard set of O.J. Simpson trial Pogs. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what? You'd think, be like, wow, that's probably worth something. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I had my Pogs. I had, what other, what other cool stuff did I have in there? I had... Uh, Oh, some old like baseball and football, basketball cards, some comics. Had mm-hmm. uh I don't know, like my old like a bunch of old stuff from elementary school awards and stuff like that, but but I digress. Uh anyways, back to the awkward mm-hmm. letters from high school. Yeah, you know, I think I think this the sentimental ornament is is a good line. I think that's I think that's my favorite too. Do you have any, did, did you keep any of your uh, letters from high school? Any notes or anything like that? Uh, no, there was a, a purge that uh, happened. <laughs> uh, really? After graduation, there was an inciting incident. Hmm, uh, probably a breakup <laughs> where uh, I, I just uh, threw all that stuff away. <laughs> I think I remember that. Was that at the duplex? No, no, that was at my dad's house still. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I do remember that. Did, that didn't happen during the 24-hour kibosh thing, did it? No, I don't think so. No? Hmm. I do remember vaguely uh, there being... Do, now, here's the question. Do you regret that now? No. No? You're, you're still okay with that? Yeah. That's good. I mean, it's good to be... to It's, it's healthy to be over that kind of stuff, right? Because if you're not at this point, like, yeah, it's probably... Uh, you probably need to speak to a doctor, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff that I have now that it's like, I I probably should get rid of this because I'm not doing anything with it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, uh, th- that would just be another thing where it's kind of like, oh, it's like, what, why do I have this stuff still? But now it's kind of it, like, oh, why do I have this is stuff? It, it's like, well, but am I going to get it, rid of it? No. <laughs> but is it stuff that, like, y- y- you might regret not having in the future? Mm, probably not. I mean, there's, like, 
I don't know, magazine, like full on like magazines and stuff like that. It's kind of like, ah, you know, it's like I wanted to go through the articles and like cut out those articles and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, ah, yeah, that's probably be better. It'd be oh, a yeah. whole lot uh, less heavy, take up a whole lot less room, you know, doing that and everything. Yeah. No, I have I have stuff like that where I have like a few newspapers um, from stories or like a uh, Rolling Stone article. Actually, I think I have a Rolling Stone with Pearl Jam in it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I had some of that stuff too. But like the the letters and stuff, like I'm glad that I, even though, you know, that relationships went south, I'm glad I hung on to some of those letters just because it kind of like gives me a peek into, you know, what was going on in high school and the and the weird things that we were doing. It kind of reminds me of a lot of things where I was like, oh, that's right. I remember we did that or, you know, mm-hmm. little things that I probably would have forgotten. So that's that's one reason I'm glad I have at least a few of those uh, letters hanging around yeah i kept i kept like writing stuff so like you know lyrics and poems and stories and like all that sort of stuff i still have like all of that and i i recently um it was like before i was on the uh live on four legs episode where we talked about the pearl jam 10th anniversary concert there in vegas i found the um the book uh-huh. that i kept that i was like writing down about our uh w- the worst mistake of our lives I also uh, came across uh, one of those books with tickets and things in it, and one of the stories, uh, <laughs> the you you know what story I'm talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe maybe someday in the future we can divulge that to the listeners. Um, however, <laughs> uh, one of the other things that I found was I found a series of letters that you were writing me while I was in. Phoenix. Oh yeah. It was like I think there's like 10 letters in there that are like thick like five page letters um that you had written me while I was in Phoenix. And then I also came across a script for Backyard Safari the movie. Oh hell yeah. I got that too. too. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then I came across all my high school scripts, uh see how they run is in there. I was like, dude, I still feel like that would be an awesome thing to get everybody to sit down and do a table read. See how they mm-hmm. run. Even on oh, like, oh, do like a zoom. I'm like, oh man. Yep. Yep. Oh, we could do that. Hell yeah. I think that would be super fun. Uh, I also found the ticket from the Sacramento show that we went to where they oh. were fighting against Ticketmaster, and my ticket says Hori on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I was so nervous that they weren't going to let me in because they were saying like your t- your name on your ticket had to match your mm-hmm. ID, and I was like, I it doesn't match. I'm they're not going to let me in. <laughs> Man, I, I lost that for a while, and then I found it, and I was like, hell yeah. And it was kind of like um, wrinkled up a little bit, and I put it in a big, huge dictionary to, like, flatten it out. And then, like, I was like, oh, yeah, it was in this dictionary. And, like, because then I found it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's still here. Cool. And then at that point, at some point, when I lost it and then found it again, I lost it again. Really? Yeah. It's like, the cool, with the beetle on it and stuff. And Yeah. Oh. I wonder if you put it in another book. I don't think so, because the only other, like, big old book I would have put it in, it wasn't in that either. Yeah. Ah, that would suck. That sucks. Son of a bitch. It's somewhere. You'll, you know what's going to happen? Rory will find it one day. She'll be like, Dad, I was digging through the, I was looking through this book, or I was looking through something. It's like, I found this. Is it, like, where's it from? It's like, oh, oh snap. Oh, thank you. You found it. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time? Ah, oh, yes, Dad. <laughs> Dad can die happy now. <laughs> Time to check out. 
That was the only thing keeping me alive. <laughs> anyway, the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the song. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of like different sounds and stuff in it. You can hear there's like kind of wind or like cars. Yeah, there's there's one point where he says, uh, uh, "I wish I was a sailor with somebody mm-hmm. waiting for me," and then it makes like a it almost sounds like a wave crashing to me. Right there, but uh, I couldn't tell what that was. If it was like you said, if it was like wind or a wave, like what that part was, but it sounds like a wave crashing to me. Yeah, there's the Ebo kind of coming in and out at some points. Is that song the, where you fell in love with the Ebo? Yes, this song is why I bought an Ebo because our band Kibosh we covered this song and I was like you know what if we do it I need the Ebo to do the Ebo solo and right. so Maytan Music I ordered an Ebo it was about like 80 bucks and I got it and so then I had I had it for one song <laughs> yes but I That's... used it in other stuff I I, I yeah. got around to fooling around with it and stuff yeah, I remember playing with that thing, but it, that that's the theme of kibosh, right? It's like Brandon would go out and buy super expensive stuff, <laughs> and then like, <laughs> never like, use it. Yeah, well, not never, but maybe like once. Yeah, <laughs> have one specific thing I need it for, and then uh, well, that's it. And I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that that is kind of the cool thing about the song is there was a lot of sounds like that we maybe hadn't either heard or uh, paid attention to in the past, which made it kind of cool to. To hear some of that stuff. Yeah, what uh, there's a, there's a couple of uh, notable things about this song. Um, live, they'd usually drop a disco ball when they're playing it, and I think that kind of uh, adds to like the middle school dance vibe. Mm-hmm. They they would also go off a little bit and do some like improving at the end. Uh, at least uh, there was a certain time they did it where he would usually say like, "I wish I was the president." DVD. He does the uh, Why Can't I Touch It? And God damn it, why didn't I write down who does that song? <laughs> oh yeah, the um, the Buzzcocks song, Why Can't I Touch It? 
at the end of that. And then also uh, an old bad radio song, Believe You Me. I believe he added it at uh, Atlantic City Show in 2005. Of course, you know, you, you, you know this already, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, so how many times has uh, Pearl Jam played? Wishlist. Well, of course, you know, there's uh, going off of uh, their numbers from uh, PearlJam.com. As of now, they've played it 266 times, according to their records. And then you have the other authority on the Pearl Jam live shows, uh, LiveFootsteps.org. And uh, they have it at 236 songs. So I, I believe that um, PearlJib.com also counts the Eddie solo shows. So he's done it solo and stuff like that, too. And um, Live Footsteps only counts the band performances. So right. that's why there's that so discrepancy. So in the, in the world of Pearl Jam, is that the, does it equate to them having played it a lot of times or a medium amount of times or not very many times? Um, It's pretty much like a middle-ish sort of... Uh, amount of times especially for the um especially for it coming out on their fifth album um so you know it doesn't have as many plays as you know the earlier songs and stuff like that but it also doesn't have as many plays as like given to fly or do the evolution which are like the the two most played songs from yield right i think i think after those two it's kind of yeah after those two it's the next most played one wow which you know it was a single so that kind of and plus, Ed wrote it, so of course he's gonna like, oh, let's play one of my songs. It's uh, <laughs> gonna go okay. Well, there's there's also some um, organizations and stuff that have um, and references, I guess, fan references and stuff like that to the song too. There's the Wishlist Foundation, which is a, uh, a charitable organization that fans have created. That uh, I believe on dates where there's shows and stuff like that, they'll get together and kind of raise some money for local charities and stuff. There's also the Pearl Jam Radio Channel on Sirius. They have a wish. They they have like a a wish list thing that they do or something where I think like you call in or send them a recording and you say like certain songs from certain concerts or something like that and they make like a playlist and then they like air that on certain days or something like that. Is there is there anything about this song? Any memories? Does this song speak to you or anything? Yeah. Um. You know, it's one of the songs that that um. You know, Rachel, it's probably one of Rachel's favorites. And so when I when I listen to it, I, it reminds me of her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just that whole era of Pearl Jam albums, I mean, we have a really strong connection to just because that was like the music of our youth, the real music of our youth, you know, not the mm-hmm. not the stuff our parents had, we had to listen to because our parents were listening to it, but like really the the stuff that we got to choose. And so, you know, right in that era, like all the way from probably from like 90... 495 all the way up to 2000 i would say you know it's just a super strong influence overall yeah and this was like the first album that they put out like right after we graduated too so it was kind of like a you know we were feeling kind of independent and stuff and then it's like okay new pearl jam and we're gonna you know have a have our band we're gonna play some more pearl jam songs we're gonna (laughs) rip them off as much as we can (laughs) yeah yeah but you know what's funny about that is that that's like 90 percent of bands and how they start out is they find a sound that they like and they start ripping stuff off and then they kind mm-hmm, of create yeah. their own sound. So I don't say we were, I don't think we were doing anything different than anybody else. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, it, you know, I have specific memories tied to a lot of Pearl Jam songs. Um, you know, I remember listening to this song um, in 
Southern California, being down there with my my cousins and stuff, and um, mm-hmm. driving along the beach down in uh, San Diego. So, yeah, I mean, nothing super specific, but just you know, little memories here and there. Um, you know, it's it's definitely on my like list for Pearl Jam. So, how about you? Oh, um, yeah, I think I think just you know because this came out like after senior year, and you know, and I had that breakup with my high school girlfriend or whatever that it was just kind of just mm-hmm. like the yearning and the it's like oh i wish mm-hmm. i was you know the the pedal brink you depended on i wish i was you know better i wish i was you know something that you cared about or something like that i mean that really hit home for me and spoke to me and everything like that just the the being young and you know just having emotions be so huge and just you know all that sort of stuff is uh what really spoke to me with uh with this song so did you find it more cathartic than than uh than happy i guess um yeah yeah i always i i always got more of a i think just because of that and what it's tied to and everything it always felt more sort of melancholy than sort of uh cel- celebratory right of uh of love or whatever right. well i guess that's good you know i think you know i think just about everybody knows how healing music can be and how you know how much it can do for you in, in moments of, of sadness or depression or, you know, those types of things. So it's good to have like those, those handful of songs that you help, help kind of identify, um, healing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a good thing. Yeah. So, uh, let's, let's, let's wrap this up then. And, uh, I, I've been doing that by asking people what's something they think that other people or that you should do for other people to help us, share the light and uh, spread humanity and kindness out there in the world. Hmm. Well, uh, let's see something that is a way to spread kindness. Well, um, man, that's a good question there, I mean, there's always the obvious. I think we talked a little bit about this the last time I was on. Um, you know, there's always the obvious of just being kind, doing something kind uh, for somebody, which is, I mean, can be as simple as holding a door open for somebody or saying hi or um, those mm-hmm. types of things. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I think what, I don't know if if you watch any of the most recent Saturday Night Lives, but Dave Chappelle was just on there. Mm-hmm. And I, did you happen to see his monologue? No. You need to, when we are done with this, you need to <laughs> go watch his monologue because it's super powerful. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a, a part in there where he's kind of making this joke about how <clears throat> you should do something nice for somebody. And he said, uh, you should do something nice f- for a black man uh, the next time you see a black man, especially if they don't deserve it. But, you know, I and, and that really like that just little bit of doing something kind for somebody who definitely doesn't deserve it, I think can be a huge step towards healing uh, our you know, the situation that the United States is in right now, you know, doing, doing something kind for somebody who definitely doesn't deserve it, I think probably could change a lot of things and change a lot of views about what we, you know, the views that we have about each other right now, especially, you know, being so divided. I think that could go a long way. And again, it could be something as simple as holding a door for somebody, mm-hmm. you know, or just doing, like I said, doing something for somebody who doesn't deserve it. That would be my advice or suggestion. Well, I think I think there's a difference between people who don't deserve something, which I would kind of view as assholes, and then people who just didn't do anything for it, like people who are just existing and you know just like kind of 
people who are just living and, you know, not doing something for a reason, like not holding the door open for somebody so that then, you know, they'll get something out of it is, is you know, just kind of, it's kind of like, okay, that person did something good for me, so I got to do something good for them. It's, you know, there's, there's people who are just kind of, you know, whatever, doing their day and they're not really ruffling any feathers or anything, but, you know, it's kind of like, oh, hey, I'm not getting out of it, anything out of this, so I can, I'm going to go ahead and do something for you because I, I, I don't know if you want to reward people who are, you know, reward bad behavior from people. Well, I don't think it necessarily has to be rewarding bad behavior, right? So if somebody, obviously, if somebody, you know, hits me with a stick, I'm not going to be like, hey, here's five bucks. Yeah, because that's, you know that's, I mean? that's the way I see people who don't deserve it or at least you know just i didn't see the the bit or whatever so that, that's just what's in my head from it well i just i think it's more along the lines of like i think if if somebody sees you do something nice for somebody who doesn't deserve it or somebody you do something nice for for a specific for a particular person it could make them think wow i'm such a piece of crap and that person that i that i hate or that you know i i um, and mean to mm-hmm. still did something nice for me. Like, wow, you know, there's a chance that it might make them think like, I don't have to be okay. this piece of crap, you know? And that, that's just kind of my idea. And, and like, so, like you said, some people are going to, are going to take that mindset and be like, wow, I don't, you know, I could do something nice for somebody too, but there are also going to be people that are like, yeah, that's right. You better hold the door for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but your act of kindness did not, uh, do any harm to anybody. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, just because you did it for somebody who was just going to be a jerk anyways, doesn't make it less of a kind act, yeah. I guess. Okay. So yeah. that, that would be my suggestion. Just maybe finding somebody who um, you might not agree with or somebody that might have a different opinion or somebody that might be a jerk and maybe just doing something nice for him, buy him a coffee or I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, rub their face in it that uh, you're <laughs> being kind and civil. <laughs> so that's that would just be my suggestion. Yes, and uh, of course, as I always mention in these Yield episodes, and uh, you've been uh, counting off the minutes, and it's like, when is he going to mention it? Uh, of course, you're going to find the hidden Yield symbol on the inside of the open mailbox lid, kind of in the middle ish there it's one of the more obvious ones in that so i mentioned it it and i got them all out there (laughs) so yes (laughs) all right brandon good talking with you harry and uh of course i'll talk to you again not on the podcast and uh then when i'm in a bind again i am that's right (laughs) i'll uh, i'll call you back up from the reserves from the out of the bullpen you know, I got your back as long as you don't expect uh, me to follow through on the first thing that I say I'm going to do. <laughs> as long as I don't expect you to, A, do any research, B, um, uh, agree to the same time. Uh... <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. See, I have I have writers in my contract that stipulate <laughs> that uh, I get to do it whenever I want, and you're going to need to be ready whenever I'm whenever I say let's go. So, you know. <laughs> You know, that's why I I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Harry. Good, good. (laughs) That's all I needed to hear. Otherwise, we wouldn't be friends still. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah, it's definitely we're still friends because of your effort. (laughs) (laughs) 
my 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 saintly patience uh, that as well <laughs> all right all right you, harry good uh yeah thanks for thanks for coming on man all right sounds good man thank you and uh yeah have a day the Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palumbo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Harry, and as always, this is Brandon saying, Lisa, when you get to be our age, you learn a few things. Like when a sign says, do not feed the bears, man, you'd better not feed the bears.